Hello there and welcome to the latest episode of the Sith Taker Snapshots podcast. I'm your host Rich Polly and joining me today is, uh, he can't be quiet even when he's trying to, Ben Hibbert. Hello there. <laughs> oh, there was a little, little hilarious comedy pause there just to prove that you could be quiet, but you couldn't sustain it. Um, talking of not being able to sustain things, it's Liam Baker. Uh, it's bestest boy world in YT to you, sir. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, at least only one of us will be crapping out of the last chance qualifier in Adepticon. Um, yeah, but Liam will still go complete 0-0 at this. 0-0? Oh, and zero. Oh, oh, just can't even think straight. One sip of that drink and a mark, I can't think. Just, <laughs> one, yeah. oh, one sip of cider. Um, also joining us today is um, Professor Tim King, uh, back from behind the mic. Hello there. Uh, so a bit of a special one today. This is our 300th episode um, that we've released as a Snapshots podcast. So right from the early days of Dan Slob, Colm and, and Bob doing 15-minute snapshots of X-Wing three times a week before we realised that was madness. Oh, yeah. And then, well, then Will joined. Then and we've had... Pintar was the brainchild, if I remember rightly. And me. I was, the, I was there day one. Yeah. Tim. Yeah. And then in, we've had, we've in, had in, Sean in and Adam. In the trenches. <laughs> Yeah, we've had Sean and Adam, we've had Dave, we've had a whole bunch of Sith takers who've bobbed in and off. And then post-COVID, it's basically been kind of the four of us um, with a few others joining in every so often and a whole big pile of guests. So um, we've obviously changed format now. We're not 15 minutes, three times a week. We're kind of an hour and a half once a week. That was crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. (laughs) Tim Tim was just like, I can't just keep being available for 15 minutes all the time and then doing an hour's worth of post-production to clip it down to 15 minutes. Yeah, it's Uh, it's fair to say that the show has evolved over those 300 episodes. Uh, Which is great. So thank you for sticking with us. Um, We've got some stats. Um, So uh, we, we like, have listened to, like, our kind of top listeners and number of downloads and all that kind of stuff so when my kids don't believe me when i tell them that i recorded a podcast i threw numbers at them so it's time to refresh those numbers so uh tim how many downloads have we had well so first off uh when i clicked on the stat page in the last seven days our top listener was craig reed and that brought a smile to my face (laughs) uh so he's slowly getting back into uh x-wing and certainly stalking us uh, from a distance, but yeah, it's nice to see Craig's there. Um, cool. So uh, we have had since we started in 2016, uh, 141 thousand plays, which is pretty. How do good. we monetize it, baby? How do we monetize it? Got to pump those. Not no. Anyway, carry on. Uh, I think that's uh, yeah, yeah. It's pretty good. I mean, there, there are some crazy numbers, so I did pull off some some little bits. Uh, so uh, the top three shows, yeah. Um, third place was episode one thirty, seven hundred fifty one plays, which was uh, what was it called? It was called "How We All Got Good." Brackets, well, not as bad. Uh, so I remember that one. So, yeah, yeah. Colm, joined by Rich and Sean to talk about what made them better at X-Wing and the pros and cons of talking to a rubber duck. Quack. I can't remember that in joke. Yeah. Um, then the second nine more plays is Adepticon 2022 Part 1. Uh, so basically joined by Del Cromwell, fresh off the plane back from Chicago. First X-Wing 2022. Uh, 2022 Worlds Open Qualifier. And can I get? Can I have a guess at the third one? 
the, the top one, the most played the show. Top one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it Will Pintar rants about Nantex? Yes, <laughs> but but the most the most amazing thing about that is it goes from so second place was seven hundred and sixty plays since you know in all time it then jumps to one thousand two hundred eighty nine plays. Some people who hate Nantex have just got that recorded as like their phone alert or something. Well, I I think I have spotted a couple of anomalies. So like um, so in the third the third place show. Out of the 751 plays, there have been 206 plays just in Tacoma, USA alone. So there'll be somebody who we, men- who, somebody who we mention as doing well. Yeah, really, who's, really who's pumping those their friends to listen to the podcast. Listen to this bit. Play this five-minute section where they talk about me. But the top show, Skyfall, which was, yes, about the, the glorious Nantex and how uh, wholesome they are. Uh, the top location was London what? with 66 plays. But Liam beat that with sixty-seven plays himself. <laughs> but, but, but but he can't have been in one place when he's been listening because obviously that would have got the top location as well. So he's no, been, it wasn't. So he's been, a lot. Yeah, so you've been moved around the country whilst you've been playing that. Yeah, to that- be fair, I thought you were going to say Wolverhampton then because I will honestly say it was one of my favourite episodes because I was I was pro Pintar. Yeah. <laughs> He he was so funny on that episode. Like he, he couldn't see why that that why Nantex in their initial iteration with not having to fully complete were were broken. He was like, "You can outfly them if you can get behind them. They can't turn their turrets backwards." And it was like, "No, you don't understand. Well, they don't have to." <laughs> but yes, what what word on Liam on having more plays than the entirety of London? It's okay. Some of the points he said did make sense because people were like, but you've got to factor them into your list building. And he was like, but I've got to do that with aces. And that was just met with silence. And I was like, yeah, good point, Pintar. Well done. You keep fighting this good fight. <laughs> well, I won't bore you too many more numbers, but we'll just rattle off. So the top locations, uh, third is Manchester, UK. Uh, second is London, UK. Uh, but the, t- the most uh, listened to uh, location is Columbus, U- USA. Uh, by country, Canada comes in at 4,000, USA comes in at 54,000, but our UK fans uh, t- uh, top it with 55,000. And then the one that Liam's dying to know is that obviously the top listeners. Uh, did you Were you the top listener in episode 200? Yeah. Well, you, you, need, you really need to up your game because you, you're sucking third place, I'm afraid to say, uh, with 537 plays. Uh, Rick Cooper beats you with 624. And then Risen's put almost a couple of hundred on top of you with 715. So, do you, do you literally listen to everyone we record, Liam? So, yes. Even though you was there. Like, I can't... I only listen to the ones I'm not on. So, my thing is, I will listen to it because I want to re-hear what everyone said. Because when I'm doing it, I'm not always listening, like, intently. Yeah, we, we can tell. I'm about to say, yeah. Uh... <laughs> Oh, that's a solid burn by Rick Polly. Because my attention span isn't all there, as you can all attest to, um, I'll start listening. I'll get distracted, playing Marvel Snap on my phone or something, going, oh, I haven't listened to the last half an hour of this. I need to go back. So I'll just start the episode again and again and again. So I mean, listening to one episode properly, I need to hit for like four playthroughs. <laughs> I've, I know a lot of people who've told me that they... Like they'll download it and then they'll listen to it while they're on their commute, and their commute's like half an hour. 
So they'll listen to like half an hour of it, but they'll not catch all of it because when they're having to concentrate, particularly in a bit of driving or something, they won't they won't hear what's being said. They're not actively listening. So then they'll listen to the whole thing through on like three three bits of commute. And then they'll play it again and they'll hear stuff on the second listen through. So I think a lot of those kind of double plays where you've got, you know, 300 episodes, but somebody's listened to 700 episodes is because they've listened to everything like two or three times through. Um, I suppose that's the benefit of us being quite short, as opposed to the four and a half hour marathons that the um, the Fly Better guys used to do. Um, sometimes it was just like, how long is this one? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Right. Um so cool. Thank you very much for those, Tim. Um, so Rick Cooper holding a steady number two, uh, which is still his nickname from he former, former number one listener. Um, so Rick's one of our local guys um, who doesn't get to play as much. So it's great to know he's still listening. Um, and he's coming back now with a vengeance with his homebrew rebel list. They're usually fairly filthy. Um, cool. Uh, I just quick rattle through. Um, I don't have to ask Liam about who your favourite episode, what what your favourite episode was, because we've just heard. Um, ben, have you got any any memories about a favourite episode? Yeah, but I don't know how much of it actually made it, uh, actually got published, because we did one, I think I can't remember if it was in COVID or not, but we did one, like a live episode, where we had a game mm-hmm. playing in the background, and it was like me, you, I think it was Connor and Daryl, and we drank oh. a lot. Oh yeah, I, I, I don't know how much of it actually got published. I don't think it was an <laughs> episode. I imagine... I think that was that was Twitch, wasn't no, it? No, I think Tim Tim published it as well. I think. Yeah, he did. Fair enough. <laughs> I can remember. I just that. imagine that all it was was Connor saying, "Hi, I'm Connor," and then at the end he went by because of all the stuff he said. <laughs> yeah, sounds familiar. It's like the old Darren Granger episodes. It's like seventy-five percent beeps. Um, Tim, have you got any memories of first ep- best episodes? Well, uh, yeah, I think for me, and it's it's not necessarily the why well, it was the content, but it was also what it was. So it was the uh, UK system open that Jack Mooney won. Um, I think yeah. was it Jack? Was it yeah. Timo? Who who did we know? Was, was it Timo that we grabbed? Oh, I can't remember now. It's back when you were a roving reporter with an iPhone with a microphone jammed in the bottom of it. Yeah, we basically just set ourselves up in the foyer outside and and just... Was it Timo that won the year before, Jack? No, so the system opens where Martin then... Timo won the the year after, didn't he? Timo won just before COVID. I can't remember which one. Milton Keynes, wasn't it? I'm just trying to think if... um... Oh, I just uh, suddenly it got me doubting. I thought it was Jack, but um, we set ourselves up outside and recorded. But it was uh, those; those were quite cool. Where we, yeah, yeah, so you, you know, grab people at the event as such. But we don't tend to do that too much these days. And and we did we did a few, didn't we? Were one day events or whatever. I'd take like the travel mic and and sort of sort of talk, talk to people at the event and stuff. And we used to chat mm-hmm. in the car on the way down and stuff. So maybe that's something we need to perhaps revisit. But I did enjoy those sort of. Uh, shows yeah we've got um we've got little microphone packs and all sorts of stuff haven't we that we spent some of our filthy internet money on yeah back in the day sitting in a drawer somewhere in your house probably yeah well that's (laughs) it i mean i have i've still got it so the um uh yeah so it was just a um plug and play mic for the the iphone basically um yeah yeah, the, the stream we got like lapel mics and stuff like that yeah we did we got all sorts of stuff um yeah i think my 
I like I can't really remember the content of a lot of the episodes. Um but I I just remember the first one we did after COVID just felt really nice. Like because we kind of hadn't done one for like months and months and months. And then kind of we decided that we would give it a go and see if we could, you know, if we had something to talk about with just this TTS play going on. And it turns out that, you know, we're all playing more um, on average because of TTS than we were before. So it's changed the the dynamic of the game. But I just like just for what it meant, like the, the, the podcast coming back after a hiatus of I think it was about six months we were off for. Um, so get a bit emotional meant a lot to me, that one. So there you go. All right, move on before I cry. I'd like to claim credit for that. <laughs> you can claim credit. It's fine. We still have to, you know, give I, a, I give, pushed it over COVID. Yeah, we have to. We have I to give thinking. a lot of credit to Tim because he, like, has produced ninety-five percent of these and often just sits in the background while we waffle on, um, kind of half listening to make sure that Ben and Liam don't swear too much. Um, but okay. you know, where we can all take a week off if, like. And the podcast can still go ahead. Um, if Tim needs to take a week off, then the podcast doesn't happen. Um, it takes two of us to drop for the podcast to be cancelled, or one Tim. So he's he's worth two. He's worth two hosts. One producer <laughs> equals two hosts. There you go. The fact the fact is, I have obviously provided uh, all the instructions on how to record and edit the show yourselves, but everyone's just like, "Oh no, it's fine. We'll just take the week off and, and we'll pick up next week." It seems a bit complicated, to be honest, Tim. <laughs> It involves it involves downloading things and yeah. unmuting yourself in three places. So I, I mean, can't be bothered like, with that. For, for a one-off, it's fine, isn't it? It's just occasionally where I know I'm going to be away for a bit longer. We have had like Sean's subbing and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. Sean used to record, and then he started having gremlins, and we would do like two-hour recordings, and then like you'd only have eight seconds of audio from the very start. I, mean, like, <laughs> I guess we're not doing that one then. Um, I think he just couldn't be bothered recording us anymore. <laughs> no, that, that was it. He, he does what I do, and I, he put himself on mute, but actually what he did is he just signed off, just turned off the recording or whatever. Okay, next next question, probably the last question for this little section. Favourite guest that we've had on in the modern times? So let's not think about the pre-COVID stuff, but the stuff we can remember from the last year, year, year and a half, two years. Uh, so Liam, can't say yourself. <laughs> guess but he feels like one because he hasn't been on in ages and that's Aaron are you like what? sat down a hole because you are very quiet hang on let me see if I can fix this there you go that's better that's sitting up so what your posture so what your posture out <laughs> I think my favourite person on the podcast but because he hasn't been on a long time he feels like a guest is Darren because he gives Tim loads of work to do in editing? No, because it's hilarious. Right, fair <laughs> enough. However, at the time, it's great. And in hindsight, for Tim, it's terrible. <laughs> but with my new lease of life as a new man, I only accept the positives as an outcome. All negatives will be disregarded in my mind. Fantastic. I love that. <laughs> uh, Tim, who's been your favourite? Um, I'm going to give uh, a shout out to Alex Watkins because uh, uh, not only was he a very uh, 
you know, sort of big influence on X-Wing organized play, but I thought that um, the episode we had him on was, was quite good. Yeah, He did answer my question, though, did he? He answered a lot of questions, Liam. You just kept asking him really stupid questions that we'd promised him we wouldn't ask him, so they had to get edited well, that's out. It. Did, I was about to say, did the question even make it to the podcast? It did make it onto the podcast. Okay. Well said in recording. It just got hit with a family guy. All right, nothing to say here. Move along, move along. Yeah. I didn't listen to that podcast. <laughs> what about you, Ben? Um, I don't know if there's been so many good ones. You can't um, remember anybody, can you? You're like a literally like, forgotten. <laughs> no, there's been a few. Like I liked it when we had Sad Toast run a few times. Yeah, that was cool. He, he's probably one of my favourites. It's a lot of fun. Um, mine, um, I think, is actually quite a recent one. I thought that the episode, the, the guest who was great was Nicholas just after he'd won Worlds. I thought that made an amazing episode um, because we kind of got, you know, he's a, he's a great guest anyway. Um, because he's not doesn't talk too much, doesn't talk too little, interjects, puts his point across, and clearly knows so much about X-wing and is so good at the game that we kind of got to extract a huge amount of knowledge and information out of him. So he was my favourite guest just because of the way he kind of yeah, just the way he approached the recording with us. Like he was, it was almost like we had another host with the way he was talking and chatting on. It was absolutely fantastic. So there we go. You go, sorry, everybody who we didn't pick, but you're all losers now. So yeah, we don't actually like if we didn't pick you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, just a quick one, actually, before we move on to any other content, we'll do do a couple of things towards the front where we just kind of want to talk about um, stuff while people are still in their active listening bit of the commute. Um, so I've had a message from Yanis from uh, Berlin um, asking me to just mention the Berlin Open, which is happening. It's the third one. It's going to be about 40-something people. Um, it is a non-Worlds qualifier event, uh, but it is a um, store championship level. So they've got a Worlds invite, but it's not a world, It's not a, an AMG of, official event. Um, so they're looking at about 40 people. Um, they're going to have a stream on twitch.tv forward slash x swingers so with an s in the middle of x wingers x swingers um which i love that um for various reasons that probably shouldn't go into on a family level (laughs) podcast um but they're going to have a stream it's going to be table mic um because they're basically going to set it all up but the two guys that can uh run it which is um yanis and uh jonas um are going to be playing so um it's going to be table mic but it is going to be there so um if you're in and around berlin on the 23rd of september uh, i'm not because that's my wife's birthday um then there's an excellent event you should be happy if you weren't there i think not (laughs) (laughs) i'd like to i'd like to have the lack of empathy that would make me able to believe that but sadly i am aware of how much trouble i'd be in um (laughs) so uh, what they have said is that they they are also going to try and do post-production on the games um from the berlin open as well so while it's going to be um table mic um on the stream um, then there you should hopefully have YouTube with like post game commentary up, which might be quite cool. Um, so there's that one. Um, and then what was the other thing? 
No, the, oh, fr- the French didn't the French uh, World Open qualifier be announced? Uh, got announced. Uh, did it? Uh, to I believe you. Here we, yeah, here we <laughs> go. So, um, so, so as for upcoming events, the French uh, Open qualifier has been announced yesterday, twenty fifth and twenty sixth of November at the French War Game Cafe in Paris. Okay. Is, Paris. Uh, this WCQ. I see. Yeah, they they were yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah world open world open qualifier. Uh, yeah, so that is in Paris, end of November. Um, yeah, the other one that's been kind of firmed up is the uh, the London Grand Tournament, the LGT. Um, it's going to be really small. Um, they've just capped it at I think thirty two X wing um players. So uh, if it's got the same kit as there was before, basically everybody's going to get the cardboard as a participation prize, and then top half are going to get range rulers and all this kind of stuff. So. Uh, if you're after an invite, top four um, out of a 32-player event, and then uh, yeah, there's a whole bunch of other stuff. So um, there is a campsite next door where it's 15 quid to camp. So if you don't mind that, but um, yeah, so there's there's a bunch of big tournaments still happening, still coming up and around. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention is that today, on time of recording, the 11th of September, uh, AMG have launched officially their official Discord server. Um, so it covers all of their games. Um, at time of uh, recording, X-Wing is currently fourth out of five games in terms of people who've selected it as a role for the game that for a game that they're interested in. Six hundred and twenty-four X-Wingers have clicked the little X-Wing icon. Six hundred, yeah, six hundred twenty-four. It hasn't just changed as I was looking at it. Um, so it's not like I don't know if they're going to use it for um, like communicating with. Uh, with us as as players or what they're going to use it for but there's um a whole bunch of um kind of you know streams about uh threads and stuff about list building and you know galleries for showing pictures of your ships and all this kind of stuff um obviously it's going to be a little more heavily moderated than other places um simply because it's amg's discord so they'll own it so they'll be nuking stuff but uh, it's great that they've started to engage with the community on this stuff uh really like it's absolutely fantastic uh so i'm yeah pretty stoked and i just hope it doesn't descend into an absolute morass of people being idiots and posting memes from other discord servers and laughing at each other and having fights and arguments um we should try and keep it as hopeful and helpful as possible um yeah and tim's just reminded me about something else as well so probably should have led with this one actually um so 14th to the 17th of september so that's this weekend um so is um basically we're running uh, i say we um the x-wing community is pulled together and uh there's going to be a, a weekend of um streaming um from whole bunch of different content creators from across the globe so um in no particular order but best first sith taker snapshots um followed by a load of other people um so tim's i don't want to read out anybody second in case anybody then gets offended like you know if if, if tauntaun isn't second connor will cry but then i'm like oh but then i've got the x-wingers and then i've got a... so basically um like people from Italy, America, UK, uh, as I said, Northern Ireland, we've got uh, Poland, we've got streamers, uh, 
Australia, USA. Did I already say that? Um, anyway, um, we've got um, people doing game streams and TTS live streams. We've got people doing painting streams. So we've got uh, Ryan Cole that we've mentioned before, who's super talented painter from down kind of the southwest. We've got Jason from Enigma Wargaming. We've got um, Andrew Lippens from Pin Miniatures uh, from Florida. They're doing they're the paint streams that I recognise. Uh, we've got the guys from Farcast Focus. We've got TNX. We've got Vipers. We've got Steel City. We've got One Eight Six. Oh, there's huge, 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 huge number of these things. There's like twenty or thirty people, and we're basically accepting um, more kind of content from people if they want to so um yeah there's a if you go to xwing.life no hyphens no nothing just xwing.life and that's xwing.life um you'll be able to see what the schedule is for uh for the twitch stream so uh, it's going to start on thursday the 14th of september it's going to kick off with um a live stream of games and chat um tim you're hosting that with a bunch of guests aren't you is that right Yep, so um, I need to have a quick chat with Louis about the timing because it has got me going live at six, and I think we planned for seven, so not a major oh, so deal. You're, you're, live, you're live at seven on that? Seven Europe. Ah, uh, yeah. So yeah. that's fine. Like, it's not a big deal. Uh, we may even go early, who knows. Uh, but yeah, essentially, it's going to be uh, a TTS game in the background um, just to have something for sort of people to look at, and then um, we are going to be... Two seconds. Let me mute Ben. Um, and then it's going to be um, basically a roundtable discussion uh, with some of the players from uh, the WTC in Belgium. Um, so we've got Ander from Spain, Rory from Scotland, Illy from Germany, Benjamin from France. I think Liam's coming on. Uh, yep. may see if Ben is available. He can come and ask some questions or whatever. Uh, I think you're normally d and aren't you, on a Thursday? Normally, but we might be out this week. So if I can come along, I'll come along. Um, I know cool. where you'll all be, so I'll chip in. Um, uh, or I might just I might just sit in Twitch and Earl Abuse on Twitch chat. It's fine. Yeah, well, it should um, be good. It'll be the first one. Um, we'll be talking about WTC, um, like, you know, what it was like on and off the table. Um, perhaps a bit of, um, obviously, a lot of those players are involved in the XTC, chatting about that, prepping and... Um, European events, so maybe a bit of promo for some of the world's open qualifiers, and then yeah. hopefully, if I can work out the buttons and everything, we'll then take everybody over on a raid um, across to Andrew Lippin's painting stream and sort of do a pass the baton type thing, and hopefully he'll do the same. And then um, basically, yeah, it's just this is it. it's just a bit of a, um, a sort of hobby, hobby celebration for everybody that loves X Wing, and, and so there'll be lots of chats about gaming and other bits and bobs of the hobby and. Yeah. yeah. So it it is um, a lot of it's kind of um, Euro centered on the first couple of days, um, but then we pass the baton at kind of midnight UK time on Friday night over to uh, Nobby and the Fearless Gundarks who are live streaming uh, store champs from Ipswich Games in Queensland, and they're going to be running that through kind of until ten o'clock in the morning, and then they're handing that over to uh, a live stream from TNX in Bromley and other store championships on the Saturday. Um, there's going to be sequential streaming of um, Brazilian nationals going on at the same time as that. Um, and then there's also going to be uh, some, it might be uh, elbow cam, uh, table cam from Viper Squadron of a store championship in Florida. Uh, so, yes, yeah, Saturday's going to have a whole bunch of overlapping uh, things, plus some 
TTS games and stuff going on at the same time. So there's going to be like on Saturday, there's going to be kind of four concurrent streams at some points that you can basically choose between or have them all open at the same time. Uh, why not? And then the same kind of running into Sunday, uh, the Brazilian Nationals and uh, then Rogue Outpost, Outpost Talks X-Wing. Uh, and then wrapping it all up on Sunday will be Tom from Steel City uh, with one of his uh, regular Sunday night TTS streams. So, yeah, it's basically four-day celebration of X-Wing. Um, and you can... And there's a bunch of stuff that's not even scheduled in yet. I was just looking down here that um, Jason's painting stream isn't scheduled in yet. So there's going to be a lot of lot of options, a lot of time to jump in and look at stuff um, and see uh, live games, CTS games, everything. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. So um, kind of shout out to um, Tim, Louis, um, Leon, so Putini, um, we're kind of the instigators i think it's fair to say uh, but then a yeah. lot of content creators have jumped on and just been like yeah absolutely let's celebrate the game that we all love um so and, that, and that's what it needed like you know i think it was just a comment i kind of made um about obviously it was just i guess the disappointment of um the mini extravaganza not having star wars stuff basically it was well it's focused on sharepoint and um mcp a comment i made about obviously this point about lack of x-wing content and it was kind of um a bit of a joke about you know why don't we do our own thing and yeah. it just sort of started from there and we, we still needed um you know other content creators to come on up and and actually want to be part of it because i mean i certainly can't stream all weekend as it is I mean, it's crazy though that like the number of events that are just happening. Like, obviously, it's it's easy in inverted commas for somebody to you know throw up a, a TTS stream or something like that. But you know, the fact that there's a load of people who have basically said, "Yeah, I'll do an hour on painting ships," or I'll do you know a couple of hours of chat and talking, whatever. So, um, and there's loads more still to be scheduled. So yeah, um, Xwing dot life. Uh, if you're interested in that stuff, um, I'll certainly be bobbing on and off of a number of the streams over the course of the weekend. Um, I'm quite looking forward to it. Uh, cool. Um, so we've got um, two more things to talk about. Number one is store championships rundown, and one is a slight discussion point about tie breaks, which Timbo, who's been a previous guest, um, raised on... What would you guys do if, and there was a scenario in Canada where two players drew in terms of, uh, let me see if I can just find it. So they drew an MOV, uh, sorry, they drew in strength of schedule, they drew in mission points. So it was um, Brendan Osmond Damon, who's been on the on, on before and Tristan Singleton both went 3-1 both had 2.06 strength of schedule and both had 77 victory points how do you resolve if you're going to play it down to top two and they're tied for second place how do you define who gets to play the final game against the person who went 4-0 Thoughts, options, Ben? I'm trying to find it. I'm trying to see the picture. I think officially the uh, the only thing is uh, road roll, isn't it? So I, I can't yes. remember if that's in the TO pack or not. I I don't think it is because it assumes that you won't get this instance. So yeah, what what do you think, Ben? 
arm wrestle. <laughs> okay, so you could you can you can, you can set long shanks, which this was done on, to have shit um, ordered tiebreakers, and they've not used MOV, and I don't know if MOV would be different um, based on them having the same victory points and the same strength of schedule. Whether their MOV would be different. Um, my other thought would be head to head if they'd actually already played. And somehow this had happened with them having already played, then you would give it to the person who'd won the head to head. Um, but I think if you couldn't find another way, like if you haven't set up Longshanks to have MOV as a third tiebreaker and they're all still coming out as um, as equal, then I think you just slam three red dice into each of their hands and say, if they can decide worlds on this roll, then we can decide who's getting to play Cam in the final on this roll. So. It's just an interesting thought experiment, to be honest with you. It's what a weird way of saying mud wrestling there. I don't really know why you had to beat around the bush. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to see X-Wing players mud wrestling, then there is literally no hope left for you. Of um, course. <laughs> Brenda would look awesome in mud. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, all right, we're going to talk about some store championships before this devolves any further into things that we can't rescue it back from. Uh, so uh, the, first one gonna... <laughs> the first one we're going to talk about is Firestorm Games and Cardiff had their store championship. Um, so a bit of an interesting one here, which I um, just want to shout out a couple of players who did something pretty cool. Um, so uh, Steve Bolton and Don Flanagan um, were both in. So it was four rounds cut to top four. Um Steve and Dom both uh, made cut. So Dom went 4-0 and was second, and Steve 3-1 and was uh, fourth. Um, They basically both already had Worlds invites, and they knew that the guy in first, third, fifth, and sixth really wanted to play for the Worlds invite as an opportunity to go to Adepticon. Um, So they dropped um, to give those people a chance to play for it rather than them basically playing for it and then passing it down to whoever happened to come third um, as a result of of whatever, of the other game, or maybe fourth or whatever. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool that um, Dom and Steve did that. Um, enough of this kind of happiness. Um, congratulations go to uh, Mark Packer-Hughes um, for winning with a resistance list. Um, interesting to point out that the top four in Swiss were all resistance, so maybe it is the rise of the resistance. Our time has come, blah, blah, blah. Um, Mark's using the list that he did well with, or an iteration of the list he did well with at the UK Games Expo, which is the 4070X Wings and Zori Bliss. Um, so you put um, Swarm Tactics onto LOSD so that Jess Palva's shooting at five. Uh, you've got Vanessa Doza with Barrage Rockets that she can shoot out the back as well. Uh, Snap Wexley um, with the reroll droid and then Zori with yeah, double modded plasma torpedoes. And you get this horrible kind of I-5 spam of death followed by a couple of very, very strong I-4 shots. So, um, yeah, it's a really good list. Mark's been flying it a lot and he's done really well. Uh, and he's named the list Mabel Baguette, which is probably because Aurelian um, from uh, Team France has been flying something very similar, if not identical. Um, so my beautiful bigette, lovely. Uh, so um, yeah, so well done to Mark uh, for that. He won in the final against uh, Aaron Atlas, 
I'm guessing that's Aaron from Atlas Games, as opposed to... I mean, he could just have a really cool surname. Uh, who was flying Ray and then Vanessa Dozer, Eloasti, and then um, obviously different loadouts. But um, yeah, so it was the uh, the 3T70s and Ray list. So um, both really different. Uh, but yeah, we, we said on this point release that T70s were going to be strong. Uh, it turned out five T70s hasn't set the world on fire, but sticking three of them or four of them in a list with something else um, appears to be a recipe for doing doing well as long as you fly it well. So I'm surprised you've not been flying the the resistance more. I've I've been flying four T70s and Zori um, online a bit, but when I'm coming down to club nights, I'm trying to use other weirder stuff because I don't want to just smash people's faces <laughs> with meta stuff because it's not really Why? fun. <laughs> um, it's always fun to win, don't lie it doesn't matter who you be, as long as you win there's a limited amount of fun to be had in the world and if you are having fun there's less for me um, <laughs> um, I'm just we've mentioned the last I kind of want to use my new, uh, new dash or something this week just because I bought it because I have to buy everything because I've got issues yeah I, I haven't bought it yet but I keep looking at it and then I keep crying because it's like buying the pack for I think four cards um, it's totally not worth sad. the money, but I had to have it. Yeah, it's not a value for money for me because I've already got the model. So if I need the stuff, then think about it. I'm actually thinking about buying Sky Strike Academy as my next purchase just so that I've got Lieutenant Larear, um bit of cardboard. So, yeah, that's it's, how sad. Um, is the new, the new model painted different than the original one? Which one? Uh, yeah. The new Dash. Just, yeah, I, I can't quite, check to yeah. see because Jason's repainted my Dash. I can't remember what it actually looked like. I believe it's a new paint scheme. Yeah, I don't have I the two, so I can't compare them. But yeah, yeah, I'm pretty so. sure it is. Yeah, um, we've been moaning about people not filling in lists. So um, shout out to Cardiff because I think everybody has a list in there, apart from no, everybody has a list in who actually turned up and played. So um, we also had one scum player who did reasonably well. We had uh, Phil Pond who went three and one. He got into cut. Um, and then got knocked out in what I hear is a very close game. Um, he was flying Scum and Villainy. So let's talk about what did well in Scum and Villainy. We had Fenrau mm -hmm. in a Fang Fighter. Makes sense. Shield upgrade and Debris Gambit. Let's give him access to that evade token. Uh, we had Dengar with a Dengar build. It's got R5P8 and Punishing 1 and then other stuff. Um, we've got Dirge with Proton Cannon and Cybernetics and Engine Upgrade. And then we've got Dace Bone Arm in the Hawk with Moldy Crow um, and Protector at Gleb for those cheeky little coordinates. Um, once he's got his focus bank running, he can he can sacrifice an action to give somebody something. Uh, so possibly giving Fenral additional tokens or, or whatever. So when he's doing that cruising into range one, he's got going in with Focus Evade um, or Focus Target Lock or whatever. Um, pretty nice little four-ship list, what do you think? Yeah, no, I, th I think it's solid. You've got three decent sort of damage pieces in that list and then a sort of versatile support piece. Uh, Dace will just be taking those focuses early on because you can obviously bank a few on Moldy Crow and then just he can then coordinate, engine boost, grab objectives, tow crates, whatever you need to do, really. Yeah. And then, yeah, the others are just going to be there just uh, doing damage. Yeah, it's a very punchy list. That Fen and Dengar can both just do an absolute murder on you. Um, see if people remember how to um, set rocks up to stop Dengar from being awful. 
<laughs> the, the lost skill of how to how to make Jumpmaster players sad by putting rocks in certain places. I really like anyone that's taking scum at the moment. Uh, Fen is possibly one of my favourite ships in the game. And it's sad that he doesn't get the play I think he deserves. Uh, but everyone's uh, there's a lot of crit mechanics at the moment. And it does make you scared to run a Fang fighter. Uh, and it's sad that we're seeing more success in Rebels with a Fang uh, than we are scum. But we all know the state of scum at the moment. But it's nice to see uh, Pond take one to top four. Yeah, I've been talking to um, some people online, and there are some scum builds starting to surface using like um, the YT triple six, like Doctor Afra, who's a cheap triple um, six, and you know a bit of this, a bit of that. Um, but it's yeah, I don't think there's any scum lists that would carry you. I think you're you're having to rely on out flying your opponent and hoping that you just don't get list gapped by somebody who turns up with some big filthy meta thing. But um, yeah, I think Pond's done really well to get to, to 3-1 um, before getting knocked out and cut. So well done um, with it's that. He's practicing with Fen over the years, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. He's repped that. He's repped that. Um, just a quickie on uh, Dom. So Dom had his 4-0. Um, he went with... Uh, Basically, it's it's very similar to Mark Packer Hughes' list, but he's traded um, do, 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 which one? Vanessa Doza out for Lulo. So he's got the A-wing. Um, so he's got three X-wings, Zori in the Y-wing, and then he's got Lulo um, with Predator and Shield upgrade and Marksmanship. So um, a different proposition um, and a, another high initiative ship. So um, ramping up that so that you've got four good shots at I-5 and one at I-4 rather than... Um, having two at four and three at five so yeah it's interesting interesting variation um definitely the kind of thing that i could see myself flying so uh so well done anyway to mark again uh congratulations um we're going to move on to uh the nova open which was the world's open qualifier that happened in north virginia somewhere like that uh anyway um so there was a, uh, a couple of heats. Um, so just looking down, the player who went 5-0 and on the Friday was um, R. Stan. That's, I think, Orion from Gold Squadron, uh, flying resistance with three T-70s, a fireball, and an A-wing. So I'm guessing Lulu and Kaz. Uh, yep. Um, so an interesting list. Uh, but he went 5-0 uh, and with that. And then on day two, we had DLH X-Wing, who went 5-0 and with an Imperial list called Rack Jank. So it had Rack in it. Tomax, Bren, Captain Jonas, Major Rhymer, and Lieutenant Larear. So crack shot and targeting computer. So Rack, a bit rude. Death, Death Troopers, Darth Vader, Agile Gunner, Ruthless. Whoa. There's a lot there to like. Free damage. Invader. Rude. Um, do we have the f- final? Have I lost it? Uh, it should be known as a separate link. I've got the two. Yeah, links. so... And then you've got the final day, top 15. Uh, I haven't opened it. I've lost it. One second, I'll go and find it. Or somebody else can talk us, tell us what happened in it. Uh, final day, top 50. Rebels v. Rebels in the final. <laughs> Spoilers. Uh, okay, so uh, final day, um, we had 
was this straight to how did they do this rounds? Uh, okay, so they did another two rounds of Swiss and then a top four and then a final. Uh, so they, yeah, so they did um, two heats and then you got in if you were form one or better to play another two rounds of Swiss on day three and then the top four went into the final. So uh, the finalists were, oh, I just can't read this at all. That's fine. That's Saturday heat ladder. Uh, okay, so Winco and Josh Benjamin. I don't know who Winco is. Um, Ryan Staniszewski got into uh, cut with that um, resistance list, but lost out in top four. Um, and then Winco and Josh Benjamin were both flying rebels, both flying Han. I'm going to say. Um, so we've got a Han Fen Luke Keel um, list. So we've seen that a few times coming out in America. And then uh, the uh, Winco's list, the guy who won in the end, was Han, Luke, Wedge, Kiel, Spin. So just that slightly different option of breaking Fen down into two A-wings. Uh, well, sorry, an A-wing and a, and a Sabine, rather than having the, the four ships having five. Uh, so uh, he's won. Well done to Winco. Uh, what was the... Does it tell us? Assault at the satellite array in the final. So the five ships won on Assault. 26-5 in the final, that's a bit rude. But not a surprise, I don't think, when you've got an extra ship. You're your favourite in that one. Yeah, here we go. Any any views on that? It's, it's more of the same, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean... Oh, go on, Tim. No, no. Oh, yeah, I was going to say exactly that. It's, it's almost like you, you sort of open up the list just to see what version of the Rebel list won. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, I think we are seeing a little difference. Um, but yeah, it's it's it tends to be you know the Rebel Republic resistance is sort of floating to the top, really, isn't it? Yeah. So I mean, just looking down the um, the list, there was one scum list that made it into day two, which was flown by a guy called Andrew. He flew four Fangs and Bosk in the Z ninety five. So he had Fenrau. Joyrekov, Cad Solus, a Mandalorian Royal Guard Fang fighter who can't use their ability on anybody because they're all small ships, uh, and <laughs> Bosk in a in a Z ninety five with marksmanship. So four Fang fighters and Bosk. That's good, isn't it? I do like it, and it's nice that someone's actually managed to take that into a, a top fifteen. To be honest, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. he he came. He went 0-2 on day two, but um, his his affiliation is just one fat dad from three fat dads, so I'm, I'm already feeling like he's my spirit animal in some way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, he went um, he went 4-1 and one on day one, uh, so he flew in the Saturday heat, um, and he's, you know, he's done really well on Saturday heat. He's, he's gone 4-1, and one, and then he's, I think he's just bumped into um, the thick end of the meta, I mean, just looking down the, the ladder for day two, you know, you've got top two is those rebel hand lists. Then you've got the resistance five ship. Then you've got the Republic arcs. Then you've got Duncan Howard flying two arcs, two Jedi. Then you've got the rack list we just talked about. Then you've got some first order triple silencers um, plus an SF, I think. Um, then you've got another hand list. Then you've got another rebel list, but with a U-wing, but no Han. And you've got, you know, there's a lot of kind of thick end meta stuff towards the top. And then the ones that have kind of gone out in in Swiss on day two have been 
you know, kind of the maybe it's the jankier stuff. Um, if not jankier, there's one here for you, Liam. I know you're off separatists at the moment, but the separatist list that made day two appears to be four rogue class starfighters and DIST 81 tri fighter. So I saw this on stream. What do you think? And it was being flyed, being flew, but Jesus Christ, flown, flown. how it was being flown. <laughs> what it's I because feel Liam's first language is idiot. I'm having a strong. Um, <laughs> it's fine. It's fine because Ben's also, Ben's also been having a sneezing fit or something in the background, so it's all fine. I oh, saw how on? it was being flown, and I was not happy to the point where I turned the stream off. Okay. Um, okay. So, so like you were upset about what he was doing to your Magna Guard protectors and your rogue class starfighters. Yeah, there was just moves that were being made that just didn't make sense to me. But obviously, I wasn't at the table. I had an outside perspective. It's a lot different once you've flown five, six games in a row because yeah. you do make different decisions. Uh, but what I just saw again, Tuna, and I, I just couldn't chewed. Oh my god, I was, I wasn't happy, so I turned it off. And then I had some catty messages with Adam. <laughs> and then uh, I forgot it existed and went to a food festival instead. Oh, um, sounds good. Sounds good. But yeah, like I love the idea and it's something I'd love to run. Mm-hmm. But it's not something I'd have the confidence to run at the moment. Uh, but it is something I'm looking at in the future, running separatists that aren't as squishy. Yeah. Um. Cool. I mean, yeah, I don't understand it. But um, I think if somebody slapped it down opposite me, I'd just rub my hands and be quite happy, um, to be honest. Um, because Love the idea, things... hating the execution. Yeah, I, I get the impression that if you can kill box them one at a time, they do just disappear. Um, but, you know, obviously it's not that straightforward. Um, so uh, I'm just going to move on to the next, um, the next one. We're going to talk about Western Cape, Cape Town, South Africa. Durbanville Games, 22 players, no lists, sad. Well done to Digriz, you won. You went 4-0 and you won on MOV because lists are hidden. Um, So we can't talk about them. Sorry to people from Durbanville Games who wanted us to talk about your event, if any of you were there. Oh, there's a guy called Bridesmaid. I remember him from online play because he always comes second. Hey. Um, so, uh, yeah, well done to Digris. Um, we'll move on to the Mox Bell, uh, Mox Bellevue X-Wing Store Championship in uh, ooh, somewhere in America, somewhere, North America, Pacific. So, uh, so it was one. So they've played f- four rounds and then top two. Um and it was won by, oh my goodness me, this is uh, very, very heavily weighted to Rebel. Top five lists in a 21-person event um, have gone to Rebel. Uh, we've got a first appearance of Dash, but not at the winner. So the winner was Han, uh, two A-wings, uh, a TIE fighter, and Luke. So it's Han Keo, Luke Wedge Sabine, uh, has won. Uh, so well done to Rai. That's the winner. Um, I think. Yeah, so Rai, chance engagement for the final, proper final chance engagement. So well done to Rai. He beat, at, 
I mean, it's an interesting list. It's two fangs. So you've got Fen and Bodica, Luke, Hera, and Sabine. Uh, so you've got Hera with Magpul's Warheads rather than sometimes see Swarm Tactics in that slot. But those two fangs can can be a bit of a mean combo, plus Luke with his Torps. Um, nice little list. But again, more of the same, Rebels. Uh, shall we have a look at this Dash list? Who wants to talk about Dash? Tim? Can Tim, you? did you play Dash back in the day? Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> so he's taken. Yeah. So let's just we'll just read through the list. So we've got but before we go to Dash, you've got Bodic Avenge, who's the I four double tapping Fang fighter with Beskar reinforced plate, Mandalorian optics, and uh, uh, and Predator. So fairly standard Bodica loadout. And you've got Fenra. They've got Beskar on there as well with optics, clan training, and Predator. So a very aggressive Fen loadout, getting lots of modifications, the opportunity to take locks and. Um, grab focuses with clan training and stuff. Then you've got Hera with Magpulse Warheads and Hopeful. Uh, so uh, that's a couple of I6. And then you've got Dash. Uh, so this is the new build your own Dash with Outrider, Rigged Cargo Shoot, Sorgerera, Cluster Missiles, and Trick Shot. So Cluster Missiles is the, my first. Oh, that's an interesting choice thought. Um, but I suppose if you've got a bow tie, it gives you 270 degrees of coverage and you're moving at five, so it might work. And you can steal Hera's tokens, so eh, maybe something there. What do you think, Tim? Yeah, so we, we had a dash play on stream in the week. Uh, Illy uh, brought it. So, you know, it's still got a pretty decent dial. Um, the ability is pretty good. Uh, Saw Guerrero is interesting because the YT2400 doesn't have as much health as, say, the Ghost. Um, mm-hmm. So, because uh, sword, you damage yourself, don't you, to activate sword's ability? Um, yeah. But then, if you're firing with cluster missiles, might be um, might be worth it, I guess. One damage for you know, potentially, you know, some decent mods. Um, yeah, I think I think he's he's certainly been toned down from you know the sort of, you know what we had in two point oh, uh, or even one point oh, I guess. I mean, yeah, I think Ghost Rider was at one point oh. Something like that, yeah. Um, so Hera, yeah. so Hera shares tokens with Dash. So Dash, if he gets his cluster missiles off or his ridiculous five five dice banger um, from range three with trick shot, he's going to have a focus because of Saw. Even if he spent his focus on defense already, and then he's going to have a lock from Hera, or he's going to have his own lock, uh, and then he's going to have the focus from Hera um, or Saw. So if he gets his cluster missiles off, he's going to have a, a, a pseudo-focus on one of the shots and lock focus for the other one. Um, so, I mean, it, it makes him very punchy. Um, but it's not just the... that, is it? Because it's, it's also, if the shot's obstructed, he's essentially got Duke as well. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah while you perform an obstruct... Um, sorry, while you perform an attack that's obstructed by an obstacle, you may change uh, and evade to an eyeball. Uh, like you said, five dice with the mod. So if you get a target lock from Hera, Saw Guerrera for the, the focus mod. Um, and you can engage whilst you are sat on obstacles. Yeah, which is nice. I've seen some builds actually where people are just putting a blade of plating on him so he can ignore obstacles when he's flying and then he ignores them anyway when he's engaging. So, you know, twice you can be old old school dash. So it's interesting. I mean, I, th- I think there might be something there. Um and it's probably one of those packs I'll pick up at some point. I might have actually bought it this month, but Element was sold out, and I can't be bothered to order it from somewhere. So, um, yeah, it's I, one think of it's interesting. I had money money in my pocket. If I walked past it in Element as I was leaving on a Tuesday, I might pick it up and sling it at the counter. But um, I don't well, think I, think I want it enough. 
I think what what is interesting, like you 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 got uh, so he's got two debris and a red cargo chute, so Dash can afford to fly through that, get stressed, and actually he's not doing an action. Yeah, because, because it's going to be Hera's going to pass the lock or or whatever, and you've got Saw Gerrera for you know the focus model, whatever. Yeah, yeah, he's got a lot of. There's a lot of janky stuff going on there. I like it. Like I like the list. It's um, it's a it's a decent combo. Um, and it's well, good to see um, slightly different rebel list that doesn't contain Han and Luke um, doing well. So it's still got you know strong pieces in Hera and the two fangs, but they're component parts of the other lists that you wouldn't normally call. They're they're the the interchangeable pieces, aren't they? In the in the strong Han Luke lists, um, you, you might trade one or two of those fangs in um, or Hera, but yeah, um, top scum list. Let's go. That's where we're going. Uh, well, I mean, top. Um, <laughs> here's a good one. That uh, that four um, rogue class starfighters and a and a, the tri fighter uh, got three and one. Came sixth in this one. Uh, so there's other people trying it. Um, top scum list came seventh, and I have to click. So it's two rogue classes. So it's Cad and Dirge. It's got Kane and Jarrus in the hawk. That's a name I've not heard in a long while. Uh, Bosk and Fenrau. So uh, Bosk in the, in the Headhunter, um, not the proper Bosk. Um, that's an interesting scum list. That's very interesting. Burnout Thrusters on Fen, so he gets a slam. Cutthroat, so that he gets his slam back after something dies. Clan training, Beskar plating. Yeah, that's interesting, this. And Cad being carrying the child around, very thematic, very thematic indeed. That one time, almost, Cad, almost. He didn't quite ever manage to get him, did he? Spoiler. I don't think. You don't think he was ever after him? Was he not? I mean, if he had been, he'd have probably been captured, wouldn't he? No, he was working for the Pike Syndicate, wasn't he, to uh, ah, take yeah, over Queen and stop my boy Boba. That's right. That's right. It was Boba. It was Boba Fett. It was the bit of the book of Boba Fett that was actually about Boba Fett, not not, not the bit of the book of Boba Fett that was season two and a half of The Mandalorian. Um, it does an interesting episode in that is the one where his Mando is making his ship. <laughs> I love that. That was like a love letter to me, that episode. <laughs> so happy. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, this is an interesting list. What do you think of it, Liam? Got, got uh... bits you like in it, hasn't it? It does. It does have bits I like. Um, I'm not going to lie, my favourite part of this is Fen, and when it's not Fen, it's Dirge. Then it's the dreamy red-eye boy, Cad Bane. Novel coming soon. Uh, I don't like Kanan. Uh, I think he's still, he... he's, Kanan's still good, he's just not busted anymore. Yeah, I, I do still think he's got value, but it's such a disparity from how strong he was. I yeah. don't know if it's even worth my time putting it on the board because I don't play all that often at the moment. Uh, yeah. But yeah, a, a Fang Fighter and two Rogue Class, it's aesthetically quite nice to have on the table because they're all really nice models. Yeah. Uh, I, I just hope he uses the Xanadu Blood for Cad Bane, the actual Xanadu Blood model. The painted one, uh, and I hope he repainted Dirges to something pretty. You hope that he's done it correctly, is what you're saying. Yeah, nothing gives me more 
anger than someone using Obi in Anakin and then having Anakin <laughs> in Obi's. Oh, I remember the um, there was actually genuine uh, ref complaints, and I can't remember what event it was. It was one of the big ones at um, Element um, before I was doing any of the TO in, and it was somebody was putting Poe in black one with a blue and white T70 model, and then Nien Num not in black one, in the black and orange black one model to deliberately try and confuse their opponents about which ship was which so that they would chase the wrong targets. And I was like, wow, okay. That's sketchy behavior. <laughs> Makes me mad. Makes me mad. Um, within the wor- wording of the rules, absolutely. Spirit of the rules, nah. Right. Um, so that's that's good. Uh, shout out to Steve M. He did finish 15th in this one. He probably doesn't listen to the podcast. He flew Separatists with two gauntlets and four vulture droids. So, uh, yeah, cool. Previs, Le Bo-Katan, um, four vultures with energy health charges and stuff. Um, but looks like it was a lot of fun. Um, I, like, I always like seeing interesting lists like that on the table. Um, just going to skip on to... The Torneo Hispania. I'm, I'm hoping that this happened in Spain somewhere, um, or possibly South America. Let me just read Tim's notes. Uh, Twenty players, thirty players, but no lists. Thirty players, but no lists. Come on, guys. Well done to uh, Juanjo Gracia Rocha from X-wing Zaragoza. Uh, he was flying Republic. Uh, but that's all we can tell you. Uh, so well done, him. Um, then we've got uh, another X-Wing Store Championship in the Wizard's Chest. I'm so sad that's not the Wizard's Sleeve. But the Wizard's Chest in Colorado, the United States. Um, I suppose you don't want to name your X-Wing, uh, your gaming store after something that I would, find, I would find funny. <laughs> um, so... Uh, this uh, this event was a store championship with 19 players. Um, we had Liam Lee, who was an absolute hero, went 4-0 on, uh, and then dropped out of cut. So um, doing the best of things. Um, so Liam uh, 4-0'd and then heroed himself out of cut with uh, a B-Wing. You're not even going to believe it was a B-Wing. And Dash, um, I think. Uh, so it's yeah. always a B wing, let's be honest. So you've got uh, Battle of Yavin Luke, Gina Moonsong in a B wing, Hall Oakland, who's the reasonably good three point Y wing that can APT you after one of his mates dies, Sabine with Lone Wolf, and then a YT2400 freighter with notorious contraband cybernetics, dead man switch, ablative plating, and outrider. So that's uh, that's a dash build if ever I saw one. Um, Shoot me and be strained for when all of my chums shoot you back. Um, so uh, he's called it the Big Lee Bosky. Uh, so, um, we'll, um, so that's uh, Liam went uh, went four and Liam Lee went four and with that. So well done to him. But he didn't play in cut, and as a result, uh, the cut win was taken by Kyle Light, who was the other four and player um, on day one, uh, flying the Republic and. Yes, it's the Padme Arcs list. So well done to uh, Liam. Uh, no, sorry, Kyle for his uh, win flying the uh, 
yeah, three arcs, uh, Anakin and Padme list. Um, notable mention to the person who came second, who took three arcs, Slider, Boost, and Padme. So decided they didn't want the four-point um, Anakin and used the Z95s instead. And that's a list I've used, and it's very interesting. It's a very good list. Um, I'm not sure you gain enough from the two Z95s that you lose from getting rid of the I6 Ace, but um, it certainly makes it fly very differently and put six ships on the board with Padme. So, yeah, well done. That was Sam Plaza, by the way, who came second. So, uh, I mean, there's not really anything to talk about in the lists there because it's very much, I think, just more of the same... Uh, unless you want to just briefly mention that um, Benjamin Roggensack, cool surname, um, who managed to uh, come fourth with Lando Calrissian, uh, Luke Skywalker, Jack Porkins, and Bodic Avenge. So there's some ships that you don't often see on the board at the minute. Um, so he's got his perceptive co-pilot and Bistan um, on Lando. So he's still got the high initiative, double tap in Falcon. He's just opted away from Han and gone into Lando for those extra actions. So, seems like Remember a good... when we all thought the resistance Lando was going to break the game? Uh, yeah, I think he's good. He's just not as good as the other Falcons at the same price. Don't know. Welcome back anyway, Ben. If you've been you're out of the naughty corner for not having yourself on mute. I, I just <laughs> didn't know it was picking it up anything up, so I'm just <laughs> muting in and out. It's all good. I've also, I've also been dealing with my child as well. <laughs> Rude. I know. Teach, teach her how to teach her how to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we cut a deal. You see, I let her stay up late on the pad in bed if she let me podcast. So, all oh, right. She doesn't come and annoy you. Yeah. Um. So, last one that we're going to go through is um Tornio X Wing NL Archivo Arcano uh, Store Kit. Uh, so another one in uh, Catalonia. Um, I'm not going to make the mistake of saying what um, NATO-recognized country they're in. Um, so in Catalonia, there was an X-Wing store championship. Um, it was won by, uh, I mean, this is a big one. They've had 20 players. They've had 20 players and they've cut to top eight, would you believe? Um, proper event, this. Um, so they've had three rounds of cut, three rounds of Swiss and three rounds of cut. Um, so that's an interesting approach. Um, so top of uh, Swiss was Rebels. Um, we've got some lists here. We'll see if what's on them. Uh, Han Solo, Luke, Wedge, Keo, Sabine uh, was top of Swiss and also won the event. So almost exciting. And then <laughs> the same thing. Oh, I just like I just want something that's not one of the same three lists to win. Um, the guy that came second was flying Vader bombers, uh, so he's got Vader and Juno Eclipse in the in the um, Tie Advanced X ones, and then he's got uh, two three point bombers, and then the, the list's a bit broken, so it's Rhymer and whichever the other three point one is, um, Jonas, I think maybe not, maybe the other one, and then Vizier uh, in a Reaper with um, Pulp. Uh, so that's Sergio Sanchez. Um, he came second. Um, with that list. Um, scrolling down, looking for the best scum finisher. Uh, since uh, is Borja Ordonez. Um, let's see what he did. 
He did Fenrau and a Fang Fighter, Lee Mackay, Lando Calrissian in the My boy Lima. I love that in the ship. Falcon. Lima's a good ship. Lando and a Falcon, not an escape pod. Do you remember when Lando and the escape pod was literally everywhere and you couldn't move? Yeah, for I used to fly that a lot. <laughs> you fly it with one of the fire sprays, didn't you? Oh, it was Fen, Fen Rao. Oh, Fen Rao, was... a fire spray, and that. And then we just realized that it was better to just fly Fen Rao and a fire spray instead. Yeah, he was, he was like the equivalent of a two point ship with coordinate, basically. Yeah. Um. So you flew a two ship list, and yeah, he was very cheap. Get him. Round the list off with Cad Bane and Bosk. Um, sad news, though. Uh, one win, one draw, one loss in the three rounds of Swiss and finished in 11th. So, um, did better than the best finishing separatist player because there wasn't one. Um, so, yeah. I mean, we talk about the meta a bit at the minute because the, um, the competitive environment is... I can hear Alex Burt and Jesper Winstrom from the 186 podcast screaming at the use of the word meta. So the current competitive environment is really polarized at the minute into um, a small number of lists from each faction and then separatists and uh, separatists and scum really just aren't getting a look in. They're occasionally finishing reasonably strong but not winning. Um, where, you know, you've got the, the ever-present, you know, there's like three options in Rebels, I think. Um, you've got a couple, maybe three, maybe a couple or three, maybe options in Imperials, same in Resistance, same in Republic. You know, does that mean that we're actually in a reasonably good spot and there's a little bit of scissor, paper, stone going on across these top lists? Um, or, and here's a question I'm going to go to Ben first because he was quiet for a long time. Um, do you think we're in a good spot with the scissor, paper, stone, but, um, Scum and Separatists are being kind of left out while the other five are, are battling it out? Or do you think the Met has kind of just got a bit solved and a bit stale? I think it is a bit stale now. Um, you, you see the same list everywhere, don't you? And it's kind of... I don't think there's as much like viable stuff as there was the last points. I feel like the last points could kind of fly whatever you really felt like and still do well. Um if if you're not flying like a falcon, you're probably hindering yourself a little bit right now, aren't you? It's it's definitely yeah. easier to do well with a falcon over stuff. I think is is this because we've got store championships with invites on the line that people aren't as willing to experiment? They'd rather take something that they know is a good list that you know they could maybe homebrew something that's as strong or better. But why take the risk on your one or two events where you've got a chance of winning an invite? when you can take one of the known strong lists and, and win with it. So it's, I find it interesting watching the development of some of the store championships where people who've already won an invite are attending and seeing what they're flying and how they're doing with it. So like the example we've talked about earlier on today, down in, uh, in Cardiff with Dom and uh, Steve Bolton flying things that were you know different to the stuff that they won their invite with to you know try something else out, basically. Um, because like now I've stopped knowing that I like I don't have any more invites to play for now. So, um, I've started trying to fly some other stuff. Um, I'm finding some interesting things, but everything I look at, I think, is this better than three arcs, or is it better than hand look? And it's tough. I mean, what do you think, Liam? I think it's solved. I think it's stale. I understand 
the point of view where people think maybe people are just trying the easier thing. But I don't think there is a ship in the game that is point for point better than Han. And I genuinely think it's time wasted trying to think of something in Rebels where you don't need to take Han. Uh, I think the top three lists we've got at the moment, I don't think there's anything else we can really stumble upon that can uh, dislodge them from their from their respective places. Uh, I think there might be something in Scum, but I also think there's more hard work needed that it's not worth even trying. It's not worth the prize because you'd need hundreds of reps and I don't think people are even willing to put 100, like 100 reps into Scum at the moment and I understand why. Yeah, uh, I don't think the points are in a good place. Uh, an I6 that can shoot twice with a re-roll and a focus on each one up to four dice with trick shot. There's just too much power in there. It's I6 you can boost as well. There's just too much on that ship alone. I mean, so I like, don't, play, I can't look anywhere else. So playing devil's advocate, you can, you can point for point meet Han with any single ship at seven points. He's the best seven ship up, seven point option there is out there. But there are combos of a four and a three, um, that are shooting twice at reasonably high initiative, albeit not six. They're not a falcon. They're not points fortressing. So there are a lot of benefits to it. But I. I'm not sure if the meta is solved, but I think it's stale. Um, and I think it's stale because, as you've pointed out, it's easy to just pick something that's good when you're going to go and play at an event. You know, you will always get people who fly whatever because they just fly whatever. But when people are going to events to try and win them because there's something on the line that they want to win, you take the thing that maximizes your chance of winning the event. You don't deliberately handicap yourself unless you've already won the thing that you want to win and you're just going for funsies. But I mean, Tim, Tim, what's your, what's your take on it at the minute? It's a strange one. Like, cause it's not like there's one list that's dominating. There is one ship in rebels, but there are two or three different versions of that list that you're sort of seeing knocking around. And there are some common elements like you know, Bodica tends to be, in all the different versions, Luke's quite popular, but there is a little Luke's bit. In, Luke's in everything because he's a five-point double-modded proton torpedo. Yeah, yeah. But, but, yeah, but not maybe not absolutely everything, but he's very common as well. So, so you have got a little bit of variation with that list. The main one being either the four or five ship version. Um, Resistance has got a little bit of variation, so um, normally seems to be Poe Falcon, um, but then also you know the four X and a. Y wing or you know your fireball, your A wing, stuff like that. So five five ship sort of salad list. Um, Republic is pretty much the arcs, Padme, that sort of thing at the moment. Um, but what you could do with that is is make you want to think about what lists beat those lists, and maybe that's what you can and you can play the meta against people. The problem you've got, and like you say, is you might be able to have a scum list that beats those. You've still then got to be every other list that turns up to that event. And like, for example, um, when we had the Element Game Store champs, I think I talked about how my list really likes playing against Falcons. There were an awful lot of Falcons in that room, and I didn't play any of them until the last game. And yeah. that's just luck of the draw at times. Yeah, I think that was... We, we talked about it, but I had exactly the same thought process the night before the event. I was either going to take 
um, resistance 4XY, Aura was going to take Arcs and Anakin and Padme. And then I thought, I can't take the Arcs because I know that the people in Element will be flying the X-Wings. And I was right. There were a lot of T-70s at, at the Element Games event. Um, and then ultimately, you know, the event was won by Liam flying a first order list that I don't think people expected um, because the other things that were doing well and like kind of hanging around up in the three and ones was like, you know, it, it was the, the normal stuff it was like Han. And I obviously did three and one as well with a, a non-Han rebel list in the end because I couldn't decide whether to join the, the T-70 masses or fly something different. Um, so, I mean, like, I think locally it, throws up like an interesting meta discussion because if you know people are going to turn up flying Han, then you take one of the anti-Han lists. But as you said, the problem with taking an anti-meta list in a four-round event is that you just might not play the thing. You know, you could have eight of 20 people flying Falcons and you play four of the other 11 that aren't you. So, cool. Interesting. I just figured I would ask. Bring back TLT and Harpoon, is that where we're going? Uh, I mean... <laughs> like gen- genuinely some new tech some new weapons interesting weapons that did something but that weren't so horribly broken as that but like some way to threaten um just the thing that i think that they need to change because i'm thinking while i'm talking so apologies for the slight change in direction the thing that i think they need to change that would solve a lot of the problems with big base ships at high points values is if you can score half points in all scenarios um, or half points on big ships in all scenarios and say you want to get half points on small ships in chance but on big ships in everything because like 1.0 problem <laughs> I mean, that's why we the, ended up getting half points on big ships didn't we well yeah exactly because of the um, exact reason yeah, so it's it's the same problems that were solved in 1.0, but AMG are coming across them, and they're like, you know, might come to the same solution, they might come to a different solution, they might not think it, of it as a problem, but like, if you play against Boba Fett now in version 2.5, there is literally no point in shooting at Boba Fett in any scenario other than chance engagement, and even then you might just be wasting shots, because you've got no chance of getting those points that nine points or whatever he is flying around that you just cannot get access to it to now the question is is can your opponent leverage boba enough to get value of those nine points by killing stuff and taking objectives the answer is probably not but han has exactly the same effect if you don't start shooting han in the initial engagement and probably clear his shields off there is literally no point in shooting him if you've got a five to seven turn game and you've not started on hand by turn four, you are not killing that ship. That's seven points that you cannot get. Um, now, he can melt if he gets caught, you know, if he gets blocked, if he goes through the rocks, whatever. If the player messes up, basically, you can get those points. But, yeah, I just think, you know, it would solve a lot of the the staleness of the meta to change stuff that isn't points. Because, I mean, it's really easy but really clumsy just to shove an extra point back onto a couple of the Falcons. Um, and then we'll see if the other Falcons that nobody's been flying are as good as we think they are. So like, you know, 
is Ray at seven really busted? We're just not seeing as much of her because people who are flying falcons are flying ham, for example, maybe. Um, anyway. So I think this current point iteration, we're seeing the fewest variation, the fewest variations of pilots. We, like, if you say name a rebel list, I can name seven pilots and we'll see those in those rebel lists. I don't think we'll see anything outside of that unless mm. it's a newer player. It seems like each faction has just got set ships now and we've lost 60% of the game. I mean, we well, 60% of the but that's pilot not, pool. But that's nothing new. And if anything, it's better than it has been previously. Like, I'm not saying it's good, but this is what happens is in any competitive event under a current under a points set under a scenario set and all that there are going to be lists that move to the top and become what you know they, they determine as the meta so you're yeah ideally they are that your most optimal lists now what then happens is if there's a points update or somebody invents a list that goes and beats that meta list and then everything shifts around now what we have got like you say seven or eight lists we have ships but you're only taking four or five at a time so there is a little bit of variation there and uh, I, I absolutely admit like it is the same normally the same three factions at the moment that are at the top um but there is a bit of variety there no there is a tiny bit of variety but what i'm saying is we can go to look at an event and say it's all competent players we will see only seven different pilots across the eight rebel lists will only see seven, whereas in previous iterations, regardless of it being 2.0 or early 2.5 to mid 2.5, we could be seeing like 11 or 12. But it just seems like we've found the point for point best ships to go into these uh, archetypes, and it's pointless looking elsewhere. So we've already got a large pool, but because let's say soon tears five points but juno eclipses five points or whatever i wouldn't pick juno over soon tier any day of the week because there's so many ships at the same point value it's pointless looking at some of those other ships so i mean there's always going to be best options at any given points value and that's been the same since version one and that's why the points changing it's like in version one the points didn't change the points were written on the card so you know, basically, new new stuff happened. Uh, the meta changed when new ships were released. Um, now we're at saturation point with ships. They're they're like struggling with new content. Um, like, and there's possibly in a, a, we've been running for a while, but there's possibly an episode in you know what what are the things that they could have been making that they haven't been making. Um, you know, but now they can flex the meta just by nudging a couple of the levers like removing a slot from here or dropping a loadout value from there or you know the 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 big the big lever being obviously you know knocking the points up a couple and saying right hands nine now we're going to get rid of him out of the meta for a bit and see what happens see what floats to the top at that point i think we've talked about it in the past that they've got the points changes recently they've been nerfing a few bits but they've been buffing more so you know half a dozen ships get nerfed and go up in points and you know they yeah they come from you know one of the the, the winning lists that you know has been quite dominant so you know like if uh, elusive went up and things like that you know a bunch of ships went up um but then they bring down more ships 
so you end up with more options at lower cost but then obviously there's going to be a better option so like if you've got five points left in rebels and you don't already have luke skywalker in your list you put that luke skywalker at five points into your list because he's the most efficient five points that rebels have got um and it's the same in most of the other factions with most of the chassis there's just a correct choice um now there are other ways to play the game than to maximize your um your efficiency um not everybody plays in that way you know people will fly the ship the chassis the pilot the upgrades that they want to fly you know they'll put together a thematic smugglers list or a thematic rebels themed list or whatever um but you know if you're playing in the competitive meta and you want to try and win a store championship and you know you want to get an invite to worlds or you go into a world's qualifier and you want to make cut and, and, and potentially kick on from there yeah, there's just a limited number of ships. And and as I think, as you said, Tim, it's always been the same. Like, thinking back to the Ghost Fen, 100-point Miranda, 100-point Corrin. Paratani. Kind of, yeah, the Paratani meta, the Triple Jump Masters meta. Don't like, you forget my Nim Miranda. Yeah, and, oh, I've, my sweet, sweet Nim Miranda never did anything yeah. wrong. A little this is, lovely. But, no, this is absolutely it. And you can look at a top eight in an event, and at the moment, we've, we're still seeing, I would say, at least four factions, if not more in that top eight now not every event is going to be the same but you are seeing that whereas we have had before where literally a top eight an event was all the same literally I mean, the same I, two ships i i find yeah. it interesting that like first order have dropped away in terms of popularity and how much we're seeing them played and i don't know if it was just locally we had a couple of like first order players like dave was slamming first order before he went to worlds and liam you were playing first order for a long time um we had a couple of other people you know and um, we play crispy a lot online and he, he hammers first order was but he's currently playing scum um but first order appears to have vanished in the last points check and i've been playing them in ncx which is hilarious i've won one lost one so not all bad um i thought i'd give a upsilon shot a try terrible idea um like they've got so many high initiative shots, they've got so many high initiative pilots. They have won a um, store champ, so I think Steve Bolton won his invite with um, First Order. Other people have done really well with them. But then you so look, yep. yeah, um, I was trying to avoid <laughs> that. But then you look across the other stores, and like the highest finishing First Order player is like a two-two, and it's like, well, why are why are the top end players not flying First Order? Because I I genuinely they've think never that been super popular though, have they? Yeah, I suppose this is the thing. If there's other popular factions that people who have first order would rather be playing, then you know they'd they'd rather fly the other thing. But um, I mean, so rebels are really popular and good. Republic the thing is there with are rebels good. and imperial. Is most people have them because they, we come from two point where a starter yeah. set came with both them factions. They're the, both the factions that most people know. Like the most I mean, people see the original films first. And come to X-Wing because they're like either TIE Fighters or X-Wings. So, I mean, the Imperial Boogeyman of the Triple Bombers, Vader Plus, whatever, that everybody kind of looked at at the same time as Quad T-70s and went, ooh, this is going to be nasty. This is going to be a horrible, horrible thing. Hasn't really, since the emergence of Han plus some of the other stuff, done as much as we thought it was going to do. So I think that like, if you were going to rank factions in order of viability and the way that they get used. You'd have kind of scum and separatists at the bottom, then below that you'd have Imperials. Then you'd probably have First Order. 
and then you'd have republic resistance and rebels at the top um but republican resistance are probably on a par of you know it depends on what we play against because you need to dodge the thing that you're bad into but like i think first order are really close to republican resistance as well and i don't think imperials are far behind those three i think rebels are just a little bit above but yeah i mean it's a it's a weird circular conversation and we could go on about it all night so i'll, I'll bring it to a close but um i think it just shows that you know i th- i would like there to be another set of points before worlds um i wouldn't like to go to worlds and for it just to be the same 10 lists i think that having a um a points change two or three months before worlds would be really really good because you'd have enough time to practice run in list develop you know knock the kinks out and then bring something that you've homebrewed or stolen um to worlds um versus yeah i think if we went at the minute it would just be sadness personified as you just bumped into the same you know republic arcs plus padme oh here's another han and another han and here's some t70s with ray and then another han and yeah might get a bit samey anyway um remind me next week to talk about ships that they could could be making out of the recently released content um because that's something that i do want to talk about um because I'll be interested to see if any of this stuff turns up. Um, right, I'm going to start wrapping up. So um, I'm going to say, has anybody got anything that they want to talk about that I've forgotten about? Is there any kind of, sh- um, not shout-outs, but like plugs or anything for anything that we yes. want to talk about? Crack Gordon on. Brum, obviously, 23rd of September, we have a store championship. There's a world's invite on the line. Sorry you can't make it, Rich. As much as I'd love you there. If you, can't make Berlin, one. if you can't make Berlin, try Birmingham. Yeah. It's I bankrupt mean, as a just... city. They need your help. They need your help. The city's gone bankrupt. I only found about that found that out strong, strong. I only found out that was happening like three days ago. It's unreal. <laughs> I found out about it at work because my work has given money to Birmingham Council recently to do some work for us, and it's just vanished into the administrator's grasp. It's just gone. <laughs> so, oh, cool. Um, right. um, cool. Yeah, so 23rd of September, Board and Brum uh, Store Championship with the World's Qualifier on the line, um, and you get to meet Liam, uh, and maybe Bob of the Dog, who knows? Um, oh, yeah, I, might, I might have Boba. We'll see. But yeah, I, I am playing. So I'm there to stop people getting a world's invite because I've already got mine and I can be spiteful even more now. So you're not going to pass it down if you win it. You're just going to keep it one to frame and one to hand in, right? Yeah, well, I technically haven't had my details taken for my uh, Element Games one. So as far as I'm concerned... That means we can give it to someone else. Well, that's it. Anybody else can claim it. Looks like Rich just got an invite, mate. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> seems like okay. seems like a you problem, Liam. If I win board in Brum, you can have it. <laughs> and nobody would know. <laughs> exactly. I'd get two I... very angry Toms in my inbox though, I'll tell you that now. <laughs> I uh so yeah, that one. Uh anything else from you two, Tim uh, or Ben? I think I've covered everything I've covered. Me. Yeah, I've Covered. Uh, I would say if you've not got a London GT ticket, and I'm uh, going to be asking Ben if he's got his. Um, I don't think he can. Have they sold out now? Yep. Yep. Thirty-two. 
gone. Maybe they'll, they might increase in size as, as they've sold out. But yeah, they reduced from 64 to 32 because they weren't selling. So um, they're a 40K tournament. So they can obviously expand the 40K into whatever SpaceX wing isn't using. So. Well, I did see 40K did put some more tickets on sale this week. So that space yeah. will be gone. I don't think they helped themselves being short notice again. Like it, I know no. it's more notice than last time, but it's still not a lot. Yeah. Okay. Um, Little right, pants like me don't like camping. <laughs> well, that's why I, um, I've got a nice hotel room you could have shared, but you've missed the boat. I know, but I've got to move house instead. Mm. You're not moving proper, house. Proper grown-up time for Ben now. He's got to pay a mortgage for the first time since he was about never. Lame. I have rented houses before. I've not just, <laughs> just not lived for free for your whole adult life, just most of it. It's I'm fine. not going to lie, though. These these five years of not paying rent have been great. Yeah. Um, that's it. I okay, think. so uh, so that's uh, I think that's us kind of wrapped up. So in terms of shout outs, uh, I'm just going to give a quick shout out to uh, my NCX team, the Mon Calamari Seafood Consortium. Uh, we're not doing well, but we're all having fun, and I'm enjoying learning about first order as I go. So. Um, Nick Miller and the the other lads. It's great to play with you guys. Um, and uh, I'm also just going to mention that XTC Prep is now in full swing. Um, people might have been aware of it tangentially because the USA were having a team combine. So uh, after accusations of favoritism and not picking the best team or the right team, uh, Will just said, right, let's have a tournament and decide who's going to be in the team based on the outcomes of that. So uh, he's put a lot of work in. That's uh, Will Haywood from Gold Squadron has put a lot of work in. So um, it's starting to become very apparent that um, the uh, the X- XTC is around the corner. So uh, Team Ireland is currently uh, deep in list, build, list building paralysis. Um, but I think following the conversation we've just had, it's going to be pretty apparent what all the lists are that teams are going to be taking. I don't think we'll see many surprises. Um, no Star then, Fortress. Then. Yeah, sad, sad face. No Star Fortress. Um, <laughs> it's still, still banned. Um, so I got beaten by it when I was using an Upsilon, and I've never been happier because it's uh, NCX is extended. So um, it was uh, assault at the satellite array. I thought I'll take my big base first order ship, and he took. Um, but I can't remember which one it was, Bentine or somebody like that, um, plus uh, Poe and the Falcon and just absolutely opened me up. Uh, and it was so good to see. It was actually using the Page Tycho build and I had to stop myself from just reminding him every time he shot to remember to move his arc background. I was like, <laughs> it's ingrained in my brain forever. Um, cool. So um, yeah, that's my shout outs. Have you any shout outs, Liam? You've done Board and Brom. Any other ones? Uh, not off the top of my head. I'm gonna shout Tim actually for again making me a king. <laughs> Sorry, Tom Veal. Uh, Ben, any shout outs from you, man? Uh, just all the Sif takes who turn up on it Tuesday. <laughs> ben, Ben dropped out. He put himself Tuesday. on mute. Yeah, he put himself on mute. I tried to put myself back on mute so that the noise doesn't get picked up. But you did it too soon, so you cut off Tuesday. It's all good. We got there in the end. Um, Tuesday. <laughs> all right, Tim, have you any shout-outs, mate? No, I'll shout my NCX team out when we actually win a round. So we, we, we've, drawn, <laughs> we've drawn two so far. So Yeah, we've, uh, we've drawn one, lost one. So... Um, 
Uh, yeah, I think um, the only thing I've got left to say is that we've um, recently taken receipt of money from Element Games so that we can start spending on prizes for the Sith Taker Open. So um, we'll start to spam pictures as soon as we get stuff through um, once we've started ordering it and stuff. So we're all good. Um, so I'm happy to do a little shout out to Cogatu um, for helping us out with that stuff again. Um, and on that note, I'm going to say goodbye from Liam. Toodles. Goodbye from Ben. Bye. Goodbye from Tim. Goodbye. And goodbye from me. Ta-da. Well, anyway, let me say you're welcome. What a wonderful world you know. Hey, it's okay, it's okay. You're welcome. Well, come to think of it, I gotta go. Hey, it's your day to say. Cause I'm gonna need that boat I'm sailing away, away You're welcome Cause now we can do everything but float You're welcome You're welcome And thank you Hi Hello there and welcome to the latest step He's a twat. Hello there, twat. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just start again. Ben, mute yourself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>